Hey y'all, and welcome back to another episode of Faith and Friends. Have you ever seen those super cute painted Bibles? Maybe you even have one. Hosanna Revival's founder, Katie, is today's guest, and this conversation is stunning. We will be chatting about Bible translations, how to read and apply God's Word even if you're in a dry season, and from Katie herself, we get to hear the beautiful story of how Hosanna Revival was birthed just seven years ago. This episode was so informative, and I'm so grateful for Katie's story and how the Lord is on the move through Hosanna Revival. Katie is genuinely a pure gem, and I really can't wait for you to meet her. So let's just dive right in. Enjoy. Katie, girl, thank you so much for joining us today on Faith and Friends. Hey, hey, I'm so happy to be here. This is this is exciting for me to finally get to talk to you face to face. I know for the rest of you, you're just listening, but it feels like we're hanging out. <laughs> I know. I love it. And thank y'all for hanging out with us today. I, you know, I love Hosanna Revival. I see y'all all the time on Instagram. All my friends have your Bibles, have your journals. I have y'all's products. It's so beautiful and it gets me excited to dive into everything. I even see y'all on Lifeway's website, which excites me because I just love them. And so it's so beautiful to see what y'all do. But I'm so excited today to figure out it wasn't always, you know, the big Instagram account of sharing of all the friends and, you know, Lifeway and all these beautiful things. It started out with you and Jesus. And so, Katie, I would love to know how this started because I I bet you didn't even imagine you'd be where you are today, did you? Oh yeah, it's it's one of my favorite stories to tell, uh, especially because it's so laced with um, just my testimony of how I found Jesus because it really was all at the exact same time that I started wow. following the Lord and started Hosanna Revival as like a new baby believer. Um, so it's very near to my heart. Yeah, we're seven years old this summer. So it, it's crazy to me that it's been seven years since this whole thing began. Oh, that's amazing. I love the number seven completion. Yes. That's yes, so beautiful. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, it is perfect. And so seven years ago, 2015, take me back. Where were you? Tell me about that first Bible. Yes. Okay. Well, the, the little bit of background that you need is that I, um, I was a sophomore in college. I had never followed Jesus. Um, my senior year of high school. Well, so I'm sorry, I'm getting my numbers all wrong. So senior year of high school, I, I went to a Christian camp for the first time. And that's where I heard the gospel um, for the first time in a way that, you know, made sense to me. And I decided like, okay, I'm in. And this was life-changing information. I'd never heard this stuff before, but I left that camp with no community, not a single you know, believer in my life to like go to college with me and show me how to do it. And so my freshman year of college looked very typical to what I think freshman years of college <laughs> in the secular world look like. And um, it was at the very end of my freshman year that I finally found Christian community and started following Jesus for real. Um, I had people showing me what to do. I was turning away from sin that had like bound me for so long, started going to church, started reading the Bible, but all of this was tied to this amazing community that I had found and they were showing me the way and teaching me what to do. And I lived in a house with amazing girls and I was watching their every move, just learning and falling in love with Jesus. But community was definitely the linchpin. So my sophomore year, I already had a study abroad planned for six months um, before 
I really started following Jesus. And I think if I had started following Jesus first, I wouldn't have planned the trip because I now knew how important community was. And as I was working through sin and like lost and a breakup, like I, I don't think I would have left uh, yeah. my people. So sophomore year to go to, to go to Spain and now to be stripped of my community, stripped of my church, stripped of language, you know, like even just general friends, any friend, Christian or not, it was really scary for me and hard for me to figure out how the heck do I follow Jesus without all those things. But I was able to bring a Bible. And that Mm. was fascinating for me to learn to read God's word kind of academically at first, and then discover all that he offers us through his word and to feel like I have a close and personal relationship with you because of words on a page, which was something that just seemed like truly impossible to me. I'm like, how, how can something I'm reading make me feel so near to my creator? Um, So that, I mean, that was mind blowing to me, especially not growing up in the church. And I was like, if Christians love this book so much, why are they all so ugly? Genuinely <laughs> was like so confused. Oh my gosh. Like, if people knew how legit this book was, why isn't everybody reading it? Like I was truly just so confused. Like people that, you know, call themselves Christians, like, isn't this the lifeblood? Shouldn't we be reading this? Um, so I really, I just had such a fire in me of like, okay, wait a minute. I am discovering right now in this moment how important this book is. Wow. I want to do everything I can to help others like, realize that um, my heart at first was evangelistic. I was the first believer in my family. And I thought if I can make one for my sister, would she open it? If I could make one for my mom and design a Bible that's beautiful, would she actually crack it open? You know? And so, so that was my heart in the beginning. And then quickly afterwards, I realized, oh, people that already follow Jesus also would want a pretty Bible, <laughs> not just non-believers. <laughs> so that ministry kind of became twofold from the beginning of, okay, let's make it for those who would never crack open a Bible and let's draw them in to the beauty. And then for those who do already know the Lord and already love him and already love his word, this is such an important book. Let's make it even more precious by designing it and making it beautiful. Wow. That is incredible. And see, knowing the heart behind it makes me love all of my things of y'all's even more. It's so genuine and so beautiful. And it reminds you of your first love because I just was reminded today as I was thinking about you and praying over our time, just thinking about Revelation 2 and the, the letter to the church of Ephesus where you have left your first love. And our first love needs to be him and his word. And we can get around to listening to so many sermons or just honestly reading people's posts on Instagram or listening to even a podcast or whatever it may be, but cracking open his word that is alive and active, truly meeting us right where we're always at. You saw firsthand the transformative work in your own heart, literally from life, from death to life. Oh girl, that's amazing. (laughs) You get it. You're with me. It truly, it's such a sweet season to reflect on it's a gift for me to even be able to talk to talk with you about it because it's it's just cool to remember like where God pulled me from and how beautiful it is what he's been working on oh so it started as an Etsy shop yes and then yeah tell me all the details yeah yeah so I was a college sophomore I came back from Spain and that's when I made the first Bible and then the second for my sister and Quickly, I did two for my sisters, one, two, one for each sister, and then thought at that point, like, okay, wait a minute, I think I'm onto something here. So I did a lot of research and just saw that this wasn't being done. Nobody was painting Bibles. Nobody was designing beautiful Bibles. The big publishers weren't, the little publishers mm-hmm. weren't. And I thought like, okay, I'm in business school. There's something here. Um, so yeah, that's when I, that's when I jumped 
hopped onto the Etsy shop. Um, and I did that for about six months just on Etsy and without any marketing or any promotion, orders would come in like maybe like two to five a week. And each Bible took me about five hours because at the time I was rebinding Bibles, taking off their old cover, putting on new covers and then painting them. So five hours per Bible, five a week, like it was a little part-time job and it worked well alongside of school. Um, and then when in January of 2016, I made an Instagram account for Hosanna Revival and started marketing in quotes. Um, and at that point, within the first week, the account had a thousand followers and it just like blew up from there. People were finding us and placing crazy amount of orders. Uh, at the time, it was still just me, but I, within that first, that first like week of having the Instagram, I had 120 orders and I'm like, uh Oh, like five hours each we're in trouble. <laughs> and you're so, in college. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Yeah. So it was at that point that I really, I did one full semester of Hosanna by night school and internship by day. And it was a really, really hard season for me. Um, a lot of pride was exposed, like, wow, it, like just me feeling like, God, you need me to make Bibles for these people, not what a privilege that you are using me to get your word to these people, you know, so there was, it, there was a lot for me to work through. I think also being exhausted and tired, nobody makes good decisions. <laughs> it's hard for your heart to be pure. Yeah, so no, truly. Yeah. Oh my but, goodness. Um, so how did that, just that emotion of, oh, I, I have to do this. They need me. How did your heart change through that semester and, and on? Man, it was, it was really tough because of course I'm excited for, you know, success of a business too. So I don't want to turn away orders because that is a bummer, you know, more orders is a good thing. Yeah. Um, but then I, I did start to have to turn away orders for Bibles. And that just felt like if I don't make them this, are they ever going to buy one? What if this was the only thing that was going to excite them? Um, so yeah, that was, it was, it was, it hit me like a brick at some point. Like the Lord was, he was so gentle in uh, that's a scripture. I really clung to at the time was Hosea um, six, three, where it says the Lord will lead you into the wilderness and speak tenderly to you. And I just felt like he did that. He literally had to drag me like away from everything I was so focused on and be like, listen, Katie, like it's, it's not you. It's never been you. It's always been me. Um, so yeah, that was cool. And, and it led me to kind of change my business model and pursue different ways to grow my business. Um, and for me, that looked like getting a partnership with publishers so I could paint one Bible, scan it in, and then produce that design on thousands so I could sell them for cheaper. And the business was no longer bound to my time or my ability. It was like, if we've got them, we can sell them. Um, so yeah, now, I mean, we just did a tally a couple of days ago. We've sold over 110,000 Bibles, which is so cool and so exciting for us to see. I know. So we're celebrating just the Lord's word is just going out of this little shop in Ohio. Um, but yeah, it's just so different from when I was hand making everyone. I think it felt way more. I don't know. It just, it was very easy for me to get wrapped up in like my part in it. And at this point, it's like, I'm not doing squat. <laughs> like, we're just a, a, like a conduit for God's word to get out. Yeah. No, that is so good. And you're making me think of the verse of the day today that I read and it was in Philippians and I'm going to share it because I just, man, you're just a testimony of just the Lord's goodness and your life just so reflects his love. It's so beautiful. And so Philippians 2.13 says, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to, to 
to fulfill his good purpose. And it is he who's working in you. And it's so evident with your whole team now, because now you're doing this with your husband. You got a team of beautiful God-fearing people that want to come alongside you and say, we believe in this. Mm, yeah. Oh, that's so good. So it's yeah, amazing. That's kind of the story. We ended up getting a partnership with the publishers and things really grew from there. That's when I was able to start bringing on team members and rest is history. <laughs> the rest is history. Now, here's a question that I didn't, I didn't ask earlier. The name Hosanna Revival, how did you and the Lord come up with that? It is funny. Every time I think back to decisions that were being made early on, like I had no idea what I was doing as a believer. <laughs> I didn't know how to talk to God. I like, I'm like, I'm like, hmm, God, is this a good name? Like, I just, I wonder how differently I would have done things now, now okay. that I know like ways to rely on the Lord, way to ask him for things. You know, it's just, it's just so different, but I can look back and say like, thank goodness you were holding on to me because I was not doing this right. <laughs> Which is He's so, so good. He is, he is, and part of that's really cool. So I, I knew that the um, phrase Hosanna from in the New Testament, where you see it over and over of people shouting Hosanna in the highest when the Lord comes into town on the donkey, a very familiar story. And for me, being, you know, not having much background, I was like, I like that, I like that. Yeah, and I thought cute. that made sense. It was cute. And it made sense for what I was trying to do, right? Like Hosanna, hallelujah, the king is here, we've been saved, that's what that word means, and then revival, and I'm like, that that makes sense, a revival of being saved, and then as I learned more and grew in my faith, I found out that in the original Aramaic text, Hosanna is actually used in the Old Testament as well. It's just not translated to Hosanna. And so it's the, the same, you know, word that in our English language is getting lost. But in the Old Testament, it's used in the Psalms with a completely different meaning. And Hosanna in Old Testament means save us. Like it's this cry to be saved. Like, Lord, please come, please save. Um, and then we see that shifted in the New Testament to how we have been saved. And when I learned that, I was like, oh, God, you were doing it like you named this business based on that full circle story and I had no clue I just liked the word you know which is so beautiful wow oh my gosh I could do a happy dance that's incredible I love <laughs> when he's like here you go but then later he's like no this is what I really am like this is who I am in fullness oh that's so amazing <gasps> Oh, sweet. <laughs> oh gosh, we could like stop there. That's so good. Oh my word. Oh, okay. So to the friend who is maybe in need of a new Bible or has been thinking about getting a different translation, just, I, I know, I remember when I first became a Christian, I was like, what, what's a translation? Like I thought all Bibles are the same, like genuinely. So I know that y'all have a, di a few translations that you use. Could you just kind of explain what translations are? And even like the abbreviation, someone may see, you know, a reference, like let's say Matthew 633 NASB. They're like, what is that? <laughs> or CSB. What, what, could you explain that to us? Yes, I'd love to. That is a lot of how I spend my days. So the trans Bibles are translated from that original Greek and Aramaic text into English. And obviously that happened a long time ago in history lesson when King James did it, he named it the King James version. And that kind of became a really popular English text. Um, the first guy to translate it to English, I believe was Tyndale, which is the name of a Bible publisher in the yeah. States as well, which is cool. Um, but anyway, it's, it's a big deal to actually translate it to English. We all understand that that means that we could all have it. And it's not, you don't have to know Greek to know God's word, which is very cool. Um, but there's so much controversy with, with how these Bibles are translated because mm -hmm. every there's been so many 
people in the past that have used Bible translation to English for their own agenda. Like, okay, well, here's what it actually says. But if we tweak it, these English speakers will think this is what God actually said, right? So it's it's a very delicate topic and you want to make sure that people handling God's word are not leaving stuff out or not adding stuff in. And so that's why anytime there's a new translation, it's pretty much because somebody thinks other people that did it, did it wrong. Um, so there's a lot of animosity between some translators and some translations, but then others kind of say, I really like how they did it. I'm going to translate based on this kind of philosophy without leaving anything out, without adding anything in. And those two can go hand in hand. So a good example of that, if there's, there's kind of this big, long scale um, of ways that you can translate. So the most literal is the word for word translation. So that's what we see with the NASB and the NKJV and even the ESV is a very literal translation. And someone might say that's a little bit hard to read because it's coming straight from that original Greek and Aramaic text. And so the wording is sometimes a little bit choppy, but you know, like this is as closely translated from this weird old language to this new modern language as we possibly could. And then on the other side of the scale is what's called thought for thought translation. People that do that say, I'm going to read a whole sentence and say, this is what that sentence is trying to say in Greek. And then I'm gonna write a new sentence in English that makes a ton of perfect sense. So no, it's not the exact word for word, but it's the thought for thought that's being translated. And so on that end of the scale, the most extreme would be the message version, um, but then more widely used are like the NLT and the NIV. So these translations are a lot easier to read, but sometimes you're missing a few little things that maybe would be included in those word for word translations. Um, so we, we always encourage people to try multiple. There's some that would be like, yeah, that's a little whack, don't use that one. But most po popular translations in today's day and age are accurate and true and beautiful and they're, they're good for different reasons. So we encourage people to have one that's very literal and one that's very thought for thought and see what God can teach you through both because different things will pop out to you when you're reading in different translations. I love that. This is so fun to talk about. And it's really so neat, isn't it? Like the yeah. history and the people that have dedicated their lives to translating God's word in a way that more generations can understand it. Like that's really cool. Oh my gosh. Doesn't it give you goosebumps? I'm like, yes. if, if someone didn't do that, I wouldn't be reading this. <laughs> no. And you wouldn't be painting and we wouldn't no. be here highlighting and getting to mm -hmm. be set free truly day after day. Oh, okay. So that really is inspiring to know like, okay, I have this translation that I love that is very word for word, but maybe it would be good to, you know, get a different one for thought for thought. I love that to be able to go back and forth and it really can spark different things within your heart with like, just wherever you're at, the Lord does that with his word. And so I love that. Okay, friends, thought for thought and word for word. Yeah. Whenever I'm in a Bible study, we'll always ask like, okay, I just read this out loud. Does anyone else say anything different? And, and if someone has a different translation, it's always so helpful. Like, okay, you read it too, because there might be a few words different that are really helpful for us, like interpreting what God is trying to say here. Oh, that's so good. That's why we need each other. We really do through every season. And so one of the biggest questions I get a lot, Katie, is, you know, I'm going through a dry season. I just don't hear God. What scriptures should I go to? What do you do when you're in a hard season? So I'm going to bring this question to you. What do you do when you're like, I know I should be getting into the word, but I just, I don't feel like it. Or I just don't feel like God's speaking to me in it. 
And I love that because I have lived that so many times. That roller coaster is such a bummer. There's nothing worse than feeling like I know what I need and I'm not going to go to it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I know what I need, but I just don't want to or I just don't have time. Um, so a few things that I do, I'll give two tips. Um, the first one is the Psalms are just such a safe space and so easy and non-threatening. If I'm like, I don't have time, I don't have grit, I don't have what it takes right now to get into God's word. The Psalms really are so beautiful. So it's something, especially I always plan on reading Psalms right when I finish a study, because I find when I finish a Bible study or a group or a book of the Bible, that's, I'm like, oh, that was a sprint. Let me take a break. You know, like I kind of have that mindset of like, I just need a minute. And if you already have that next thing planned and you know, it's not a real big thing. I'm just reading some Psalms each day. Um, That's been like a nice, safe place for me to land. And it's just, and you've probably read them before too. So it's not highly academic. It's like, just jump in. You can read them. They're short, like read one a day until you figure out where you're headed next or what you want to do deeper study of. Oh, that's good. Love that. And then the other thing that I've found lately that's been really helpful for me is picturing the way I study the word on like a big pendulum. Um, So highly like emotional journaling, heart-based study can feel like really overwhelming, but it's really beautiful. And then the other end of the spectrum is like that heavy academic Bible scriptural study. And that can feel really overwhelming. So if you're feeling like, this doesn't sound fun to me right now. Maybe look at the the past few ways you've been reading or studying and see if they fall all into one of those categories. Have you been doing a lot of emotional, share my feelings, to connect with God emotionally and beautifully, a lot of those studies? Maybe try and find one that's highly academic and just switch it up. Um, And then of course the latter, the opposite as well. If you've been doing a lot of academic studies, focus on reading something that's like known for its beauty, like the beauty of just the simple gospel and, and do some emotional journaling, things like that. Um, because I think God works in both sides. And if you're feeling burnt out, it might be because you're doing like only one. And, and he wants to speak in the other ways too, because he, his character is so complex and so vast. And I find it really helpful to make sure you are not leaning too far into one aspect of God, but opening up and learning all of who he is through his word. No, that's so good. And I've had to challenge myself even with, I'm so comfortable in the New Testament to get uncomfortable with who is God, who is the God of the Old Testament. You know, it's just incredible and it's so beautiful and so complex. And so I love all what you're saying about all this. And so here's another question going off that. What about our friends that are reading the word that are like, I'm really confused. Like when I open this up, I'm reading it and I see what it's saying, but, but I don't see what it's saying. What would you tell that friend? Yeah, that's so good. Okay, so community is helpful. Of course, it's helpful. If you have someone you can ask that you think this person might be academically smarter than me or wiser than me, just in age, (laughs) or like how long they've followed Jesus, ask them to see if they can help. Because if they can, I'm sure they would be elated to help you. I know anytime someone asks, I'm like, wow, you couldn't have asked me a better question. Let's figure this out together. Um, But if you are in a season where you don't have someone that you can go to, or you're not comfortable doing that, Google is your friend. Google is so your friend. And we don't want to rely on Google um, or Bible studies or anything like learning to to learn God's word on your own with just his word is so powerful. And I think a skill we should all be working towards. But I believe he gave us tools. He gave us people smarter than us who understand things differently. And so going to commentaries online has been something that's been huge for me as I've learned to study his word. 
there's a lot of pressure on commentaries of how do I know which one is theologically you know, legit or isn't also gonna be too hard to read. So something that I have found that I use is called um, Enduring Word. And it's a, it's a combination of commentaries. So somebody somewhere, I'm so grateful for them, has combined a zillion commentaries and kind of put them in one page of reading. So you can say like, first Corinthians commentary. And as you go through, it'll show you verse one through 10. Here's what these five different people say about these verses. And you can kind of see, you'll start to pick up on like, this person tends to explain this kind of stuff. This person tends to explain this other kind of stuff. Um, and I, especially, I would encourage you if you've never used a commentary, start with something that's deeply confusing and just, and let them explain it. Uh, because I think it's not something where every single word you need commentary on. You know, if it's like, Jesus wept. It's like, okay, I know what that means. I don't need to read <laughs> deep commentary. But if it's something, if you don't understand some context of like, and then they did this in this jar of clay, like, you know, and you're like, why is yeah. the jar of clay important? I don't get it. These commentary <laughs> people sure will tell you and with lots of history and background. Um, so enduring word, or if you have a commentary you're comfortable with, comfortable with, go straight to that one. If you're not comfortable, I think that would be a great place to start. I love that. I'm going to have to look that up. I've never heard of that. So thank you. That's incredible. I am just so glad that you're talking about the importance of the word and you're saying Bible studies are great. You know, devos are great, but there's nothing like the word. I feel like even just, maybe this is just for me and my generation, but I feel like we're so quick to run to like, Oh, I should do this Bible study. I should do this thing. I should do that thing because I can understand how the Bible can seem overwhelming, how it can seem big. But if you just, do what you're saying, like find something that's easy for you to read. You have to really take it slow because it is easy to get overwhelmed. And something that you said about (laughs) you and a friend, theoretically figuring it out together, that brings me so much freedom because I remember like the first few years of being a Christian on the truly, like, this is my faith. This is not mom and dad's faith. This is no one else's, but me and Jesus. I used to be afraid that if I didn't know the answer, I wasn't like a good Christian, you know? Yeah, And so there's freedom in knowing, Hey, let's figure this out together because the only day that we're going to have it all together is the day that we are with him. And that ain't going to be for a little (laughs) bit now, you know? And so thank you for saying, let's figure this out together. Yeah, seriously. And people will ask me like, Oh, you know, you've studied Romans a hundred times through. Can you explain this? I'm like, uh, let's open it back. You know, like there's just so much to learn every time we open his text, he reveals new things to us. Like even those who know text in and out or have passages memorized, like there's always more for God to reveal. So I don't know, just never, just if you believe you never have it figured out, that's even better. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's that open hand attitude that he has more to teach you. If we're pretending we have it figured out, it's like, that is not someone who's willing to learn more from the Lord, right? Mm, That's good. Yeah. Always more. There's always more. There's always going to be a revival in the heart. Always. That's so good. Okay. So So Katie, outside of Bibles, girl, your journals are my favorite. Can we just take a minute? Tell me about all (laughs) the other things outside of God's word that you have as resources. Yes. Okay. So our heart behind everything we make is let's excite people to open God's word and read it. Right. So anything we decide, should we make that, you know, is it worth putting our time and our money into ordering this product? The question is, 
can we draw this line and how the heck is this going to point people back to God's word? Not just point them to the scripture, but to get them to open a Bible. You know, it's very easy to say like, I'll put that a, a Bible verse on a beach towel and that will point people to God's word. It's like, yes, but would they open a Bible because of your beach towel? I don't know. So Ooh, <laughs> come on, we draw, I, I mean, it's where we draw our lines in our business of what is worth our energy is can we get someone to open the Bible because of what we're making? So of course, um, that's also opened a lot of doors for us to equip our community to evangelize as well. Because we've found over the years, people just love beautiful things. People love to talk about beautiful things. They love to give beautiful things as gifts. And so we've tried to make a lot of these like non-Bible products that can be gateways to the Bible, right? So people will come through our doors all the time and say like, oh, well, I'm not a Christian, you know, like I'm truly like a mailman delivers something to Hosanna Revival's office. We offer them product and they're like, well, yeah, we're not Christians, but this journal is beautiful. I'm like, when he flips it over, there's like literally seven Bible verses from Psalms on the back of his notebook that he just took home. Right. And, and we believe that God's word is so powerful that even a verse on something can can crack open a hard heart and God's word, like you said, is living and active and it is going out. It is getting sent out into the, the world and his word is what's changing hearts. And so we're very confident that putting it even on a planner or a desk calendar for teachers at work, like having scripture in front of our eyes is what is going to change the kingdom here on earth before yeah. we are in heaven. Um, and so we're like, we're just putting scripture everywhere we can hoping that it's going to spark someone to actually crack open the book and read the rest of it. That's amazing. Oh, so where can we find you? How can we support y'all and get the word out about Hosanna Revival? Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, we're we're on Instagram. We are online, HosannaRevival.com. Um, we've been on TikTok for a year, which is so funny. Oh, uh, but we have, a ton of fun, we have a ton of fun with that. But really just kind of trying to be small lights in the darkness we want to be a, a place pointing people to scripture and honestly if people remember to read their bibles because we see they see a tiktok of ours pop up i think we're doing our job uh, so, yeah yeah but we're all we're all over the place and we're we're just encouraging people to read their own bibles and give bibles away to others because i think bibles that come as a gift are so personal and when someone if, if you think someone would never read it but consider the relationship you have with them and all the work you've put into earning the right to be heard and being a friend to them. Um, they take your recommendations. They really do. And if something's important to you, someone might consider reading the Bible. So we always try and make it easy for our community to gift intentionally uh, rather than just buying cute things. Let's give something with meaning and see if it can make kingdom impact. Well, I can speak to that because the first Bible that I was gifted was from a friend and it was pink and purple and she went through and highlighted a verse in every chapter of the whole entire Bible and it touched me so deeply. I knew how much she loved and cared for my walk with Jesus and my life hasn't been the same since. So yes, let's be gifting Bibles and oh gosh, open it up. And that makes me want to cry. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? It was, it changed my entire life. She, we met on the school bus and we've been friends ever since and got to be the maid of honor in her wedding. And now she's married. It's just so sweet. But it all starts with Jesus. It all starts with him and his word. That's so good. And you're so right. Mm. Katie, thank you so much for joining us today. And I can't wait to go get my hands on some more Hosanna Revival goodies. You guys are you're awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Sue. 
Bye. Friend, thank you so much for joining me in today's conversation with Katie. I love learning about word-for-word -word and thought-for-thought -thought translations. I didn't realize that my Bible was word-for-word. -word. So after this episode, it looks like I'm going shopping at Hosanna Revival's website for a thought-for-thought -thought NLT translation with the cutest painted cover. God's Word is so important, and I pray today's episode encouraged you to open the good old book. God loves you more than you will ever know. And if today's episode sparked a thought or left you encouraged, I would love to hear from you. You can leave us a podcast review here or message me on Instagram at I am George Brown. I cannot wait to hang out with you again next time. But until then, don't forget, there is a song on your heart only you can sing. Your voice is important. Bye!